with us. And sometimes we can, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time sometime, but God continually does it and he's going to keep continually doing it. So I don't know whether I want to really preach to you this morning. I want to just give some advice if I could. But I want to start by saying this, that, you know, the role of the church in the days that we're in is going to be so important. Uh, I would, I would say, you know, that we are living in the last days, the latter days. Now, how close to the return to Jesus, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I think there is a number of years, there's perhaps generations, but we are living in like the latter days. And uh, I believe that the church is going to play such an important role because when you look at the scripture, it talks about what the world's going to be like in the latter times, uh, particularly in 1 and 2 Timothy, where it talks about people walking away from the faith and it talks about, you know, a strong delusion and these kind of things happening. And we're certainly living in a time where the church has got such an important role to play because uh, I really believe that churches like this are called to stand as a pillar of truth in a community because there is so much variation on what you would call truth in the world now. You know, uh, there is the idea of your truth and my truth. Now, let me tell you, if I have the truth and you don't have the truth, one of us doesn't have the truth, in which case it's you. Now, you might have to go and figure that out, just listen to the recording, and vice versa, this is it. So we should not be ashamed of the truth. And we should be happy to be custodians of the truth. And in John chapter 8, you know, talks about how if you know the Son, you'll be set free. Now, the Son is Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And then it also says in John chapter uh, 8, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, you know, when we come to this place of having an encounter with truth, then things can begin to change. So it is really important that we have the spirit of truth yes. and that, and you know, that we receive the spirit of truth into our life because the only way we're going to get through this nutty, crazy time that we're going through in the globe is if we really are connected and we're uh, you know, we have the spirit of truth. We don't want to have half-truths because the demonic kingdom expands on half-truths. But God's called us to be a representation of the truth. So the role of the church is going to become very, very important. And, uh, you know, he set you and I here in the city and he set us in the church and uh, once again, I wanted to welcome everyone here this morning because God is calling us. You know, during this hour, he's calling us to be part of what he's doing. And, and you know, not to be a casual attachment. You know, some people are comfortable with that. But God wants to bring us further into his perfect plans for our life. And I really believe that in every generation, I talk about this every couple of weeks, something associated with this, that God is going to use his church in a very special way. 
And you know, I believe that every church is called by God. But some fellowships, God favours them. I just look up there, I think, God, you must favour us. I think that. God has his favourites too, Dr. Jonathan said when he was here. You know, we should live our life as not, not as though that we are better than anyone else, but looking for his favour. That we would be the apple of his eye, that we would be an absolute representation of him. Not just a church attender, but a real son of God, a real daughter of God, a real representation. Let's stand for something. Let's be someone. Let's represent him. You know, let's get connected to what God is doing in the earth. Because I tell you, the devil is doing something in the earth. Demonic powers are doing something in the earth. And often the spirit of the world flows through the institutions of man. And that is why in the hour, God's raising his church to be a representation, to be a pillar of truth. You know, when does something become error? Let me tell you. Something becomes error when you have the absolute truth. Listen to this. Something becomes, I'm thinking of what the answer is, see? <laughs> something becomes error when you have the absolute truth and you add something else to it. And it becomes watered down. This is exactly the nature of sin, the nature of the, de the devil. It is what happened in the garden. It is when you take the truth and you begin to add something else other than it. For instance, when you look at the Bible and the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. But we begin to take on other philosophies about that sound very reasonable about how we arrived here. Let me tell you, you are not a biological burp. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are created by God. You are created for a purpose. And the more you follow him, the more you are going to come into what he has for you. Is that all right? That might have come as a bit of a revelation for you. I don't know. Anyway, when we use the word church, people think often a little bit differently, like, uh, you know, when you think of the word church, you might think of a cathedral or, a, you know, a quaint little church out in the countryside. Uh, you know, you probably wouldn't think of the stables, but the more you think about it, the, the better, uh, the more it sort of makes sense. But sometimes when we use the word church, our, we limit it in our mind and we think this is the church. And this is all there is. And if we think this is all that we are is, and then the people down the street are thinking this is all there is, then we begin to compete. But God had a far greater idea than that. And his idea is far beyond the local church. It all starts in the house of God, but it flows out into society and things begin to change out there because of the way that we're living our life. You know, Christy's powerful testimony about how she influenced very powerfully the people next door to the point where a woman who at this point does not know our God wants to pay her first fruits back into the house. You know, this is what can happen when we are really the church. You came to church this morning. We are 
in church, we had communion this morning so we know we're in the right place. But it is how we live our life as we go from here because we are called to touch every area of society. And you know, we are called to bring a blessing. We are called to bless every area where we go, our workplace, you know, our neighbourhood. And God is opening doors in this time for people like us to do great things. So this is great. God sees it differently. Because, you know, we see the building, but to him the church is actually the extension of his, his own self. And he calls the church the body of Christ. So when we took communion this morning, we are participating that we are members, not only of the city builders church, but of the wider body of Christ in the city and the nations. And that's powerful. This is big. So we think church, and it can be so little in our mind. I'm going to church. You know, to me, when I was a little boy, I grew up in the country and everybody went to church. And little old Colburn Abbott at the Cornella Church down by the creek, where there'd often be snakes crawl up and into the car park. It was an amazing little place, but do you know what they used to call it? The Catholic priests used to say you used to get a full muster at the Conella Catholic Church. I reckon there had to be 300 people in church on Sunday. And some of them were in the car outside, hung over from the night before with a, win a leg hanging out the window. But they were still there. My cousin still goes to church there. And you know, I remember it was a bit of a controversy when... Uh, I left that church to follow Jesus the way I do. And I often uh, get in contact with my cousin and I say, how's, he, how's it going up there? And he said, Brian, you made the right decision. He said, on a good day, we'll have about 12 people at church and I'm the youngest. He's the same age as me now. Do you know, we need to follow Jesus where he leads us because he always wants to bring us to a place of life. And some people have come here this morning coming to church, but I really believe that God has brought you here because this is a place of life. And, you know, as we begin to connect with it and we begin to connect with one another, we connect with life. I, I uh, often, uh, well, I really, enjoy, I really enjoy it when people get up like Corey and, uh, you know, Christy and... Remy and people like this when they talk because, because they talk about life, they talk about what God's done. And the funny thing is with all these guys before they came here, they weren't connected to anything really. But it's like when you connect to the vine, your branch begins to bear fruit. And this is what God wants to do. So we're all on a journey, we're all on a pathway where God's bringing us to be fruitful. So the word church is very limiting. I think it's, uh, you know, this is a good one because it relates particularly to this time that we're living in. Because, uh, you know, hands up if you read the book of Daniel lately. Please go back and read, read, to, read the book of Daniel. I'm, I'm onto a good thing with the book of Daniel. 
I've got a video Bible, no, sorry, an audio Bible on my phone and I listen to the book of Daniel and I take notes. And I really want to give this to you as a bit of a strategy because we are living in the days of Daniel. We are living in the days of Daniel, prophetically speaking. I believe all those Old Testament books are there and they, you know, it's like there was a historical reality, but they are pointing forward to a prophetic likelihood. And here in, uh, here in Daniel, you know, Daniel was a young man who got taken captive into, into Babylon. And these guys got take, taken uh, to Babylon because of the compromise of their own leadership. So they got taken captive. And, you know, these guys, as soon as they come into this Babylonian culture, they are like straight away counter-cultural. They go, uh, we're not going to eat the king's delicacies. We're not, we're not going to get sucked into that stuff. Let us eat what we normally eat. We want to keep ourselves pure. Come back and test us. And yeah, when the king's eunuchs come back, they go, these guys are brighter and sharper than any of their contemporaries. We shouldn't be afraid to go against the flow of society. Daniel and his companions stood in the nation like a beacon. If you go on to chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has a dream. And it's a dream of uh, a, a, a statue. And this statue represents the kingdom of the day, kingdoms that are of come, to come, and even the kingdom that we are in now and that is happening right now. This is why the book of Daniel was a reality to the day, but is a prophetic po signpost to the time that we live in. And you know, this image, uh, Nebuchadnezzar got all the Chaldeans. They were like a whole tribe that were uh, connected to witchcraft, fortune tellers. You got the astrologers, you know, all these guys. And he says to them, I've had a dream. And if you don't tell me what my dream is, I am going to burn you. That's pressure. That's a leadership pressure. So he makes this image. And uh, do you know what? Daniel, Daniel, uh, he was thrown in with that pile. But he says, give me a bit of time and I'm going to come back to you with the answer. Only Daniel, out of all the people in the nation, was able to speak prophetically and accurately. Yeah. Now, let me tell you, God's raising up a generation like that. Even here in this house, there's Daniels. They, these are the go-against-the-flow leaders, the young men and the young women. They, you don't have to be old people. You know, but Daniel started young, but when... He got thrown into the lion's den. He was 80. This man had a journey. But this is incredible, the vision that he had, because he decoded the dream that the leader of the nation had. And I believe that God is going to give that grace to the church in the days ahead. This is where we need to be connected into the realm of God, the realm of the Spirit, 
And we need the spirit of understanding. And he said, I, I just see this vision. It's a, it's a big statue and, you know, it's got a head of gold. It's got a chest of uh, silver. It's got uh, uh, loins of uh, brass. And then it's got uh, uh, yeah, gold, silver, bronze, iron, and then iron and clay with the feet. But what happened? I've got to read it to you because this talks about the time. So it happened back then you know, hundreds of years before Christ, but right now there's something happening and I want to, you to understand it. Because if you looked at the world and you listened to the news, it's all over for us. I mean, our premier, let's face it, is anti-God and anti-Christ. When he spoke out about Margaret Court the way that he did, it was political bullying that is really not good. Now, I'm not saying you should throw the baby out with the bathwater and that particular political party don't do some good things. But that is antichrist leadership and there are now laws that are being passed that tell me I am a lawbreaker. This is reality. And if you read the news, we are in a post-Christian era. You may as well stay home, go to the beach because the church is not going to do anything. Oh, this is our day. Because you see, Daniel had a dream 2,500 years plus ago about what was going to happen in the future. And it was looking forward to the time of Jesus. And it's in Daniel chapter 2, verse 32. It says, The image's head was fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, and its feet partly of iron and clay. So Daniel decoded the dream and he got promoted in the nation. I tell you, this is going to happen to some of our people. Don't believe the press that you see. It's good to know what is being said, but you have got to be like Daniel's. We don't, we don't give ourselves, we, we listen, we respect, we hear, but we don't give ourselves to the delicacies of the day, to the culture of the day. Do you know what? It does not matter how many people are saying this is so, it ain't necessarily so. And that is where God is building his church. And the church is like a pillar, an indestructible pillar of truth in the city which will represent the kingdom of God. And it's described first class here in verse 34. Daniel decoded the dream. He said, you watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the earth. What did it do? The stone is talking about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the stone is talking about a kingdom 
that started 2,000 years ago in a stable. I just like to add stable. You know, it started there and it went next level at the upper room where the church was birthed. And this is the stone that is cut without hands and I want to tell you the future. This kingdom has no end. Churches will open and close. Churches will be overtaken with humanistic philosophy and rendered powerless, like the Bible says, having the form of God, but without the power of God, denying its power. But God is building his church, the stone kingdom, in every city, in hamlets, villages, parks, countrysides, mountaintops, cities, sailed. Gifts land, it's the stone kingdom. And it ain't going to stop. In Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7, it says, For us, all our young kids will know this, for us a child is born, to us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, and of the increase of his government... There shall be, there shall be, there shall be, because it's a stone kingdom. It's a countercultural movement that is so dynamic and so ordained by God and so strengthened by God that it can't be shaken or taken. Man, I tell you what, I had an amazing prophetic word over me. I'm going to share it next week if someone can find it, but Dr. Jonathan David, he prophesied over me and he said, some of the people in high places are not happy with what you've done. Some people are not happy with me. It's, it's all right, it's a good story. But he said, don't worry because your place in the city cannot be taken or shaken. It's been given by God because we are part of the stone kingdom. Soft hearts, but stone kingdom. Some people are worldly kingdom, stony hearts. Making the kids cry. Can be arrested for that these days too. I'm not kidding. Daniel experienced some profound things in his generation. He saw the stone kingdom. And he was prepared beforehand. He was prepared before the dream. He was prepared before the demonic powers rose in the nation. And God is always preparing a people in the background and guess who that is? Guess who that is? It's you, it's us. It's anybody who says, I am going to be in the world but not part of the world. It is anyone who says, I will forego my own comfort and preference for the purposes of God. This is awesome. 
This works. This is the stone kingdom. This is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the kingdom that you and I are called to serve and follow. There is like there, it's like men, the world is saying, you must follow this. And if you don't follow this, you are going to get cancelled. I can't believe, you know, how, how uh, big tech can just cancel, cancel people who don't believe. You know, I tell you what, if Donald Trump can be cancelled, you'd think I probably could. But this is what the world is like that we're living in. You know, the cancel culture, the global culture, which says this is the new religion, you bow. Uh uh. Let's have some fun. Let's be the Daniels of his day. If if you like, I can be your Daniel and you be my companions. Who's in for that deal? Well, I tell you, it's a good deal. I'll tell you why. Because Daniel didn't get thrown in the fiery furnace. His companions did. He was sort of like master coach, you know, go for it. But Daniel ex- experienced some profound things. He was taken hostage. He was tested. He was tried. He was imprisoned. He was promoted. He was forbidden to pray. But in the end, he kept rising because he had an excellent spirit. Because the stone kingdom was on the inside. Soft heart, but stone kingdom. There was something different about him. It was stated about Daniel that he had a different spirit, a spirit of excellence. The stone kingdom is not just a cosy community of faith. I wish it was. I love comfort. I do. I do. I really like it. I like it. You don't believe me. But the stone kingdom is powerful. It's dynamic. And it is advancing and it is crushing the feet of every other kingdom. So don't despise the difficult times and the challenges. Because if you are called to be like Daniel, you'll get taken hostage. You'll get betrayed. You'll get told how to live your life. Perhaps. You, you will have some people who just don't like you and want you thrown in the lion's den and will do everything to get you there. But you'll keep getting promoted. You keep like cream coming to the top of society. And I know that there are young men and women in this house that is, that is like that. But it's like going that extra step and going, I'm going to be part of this kingdom that the Bible is talking about, the Daniel experience that Pastor Brian is talking about. And, you know, this kingdom, it just is getting bigger. It's just getting wilder. Like in, in China, they're going nuts now. They're burning down the churches. They're bulldozing them to the ground. They're outlawing Christians. They're throwing pastors in prison. Yet by 2030, China 
is going to be the most Christian nation on the earth. It's beautiful. I love this kingdom. The kingdom is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, none other. And it is not always visible. Everybody knows where the stables are. But when the neighbour goes to another neighbour and brings a gift from the church, it's an invisible church. And this is where we've got to connect the visible with the invisible. It's not always visible. The church is, the kingdom is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the local church, the local body of believers needs to become aligned and connected and given. I love what Pastor Graham said last week. That was a pretty good message. The local church is an ambassador for the kingdom. Now, sometimes there is a clash. All right? Just want you to understand this. Sometimes there is a clash and there is a conflict on the inside. I've really experienced this over my life. I'm, I'm generally very peaceful and very calm, aren't I, Lynn? <laughs> But along the way, you get conflicted. I'll tell you why. We all like to be popular. Don't you? Who, who, who likes being popular? Who loves it when people say nice things about you? Come on now, put your hand up. We all do. But in the kingdom, because things are changing so quickly, sometimes there is a conflict. And sometimes it's on the inside because we sort of identify out there. But Jesus is going to take us further in this time into an amazing time because this is a time on the earth for the manifestation of the stone kingdom. The true church, the church of the living God, Zion. The church that is birthed by God for his purposes, it's owned by God. It's aligned with him. People that are being prepared prophetically often have on the way challenges, lacks, stress, bad experiences. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm just trying to help you put something in perspective this morning. Because I thought this thing, pastoring a church, that will be no problem. We will do this. The old pastor, I just thought I'd just do everything opposite to him and we'll be okay. <laughs> but do you know what? It's not always like that. Because there's a conflict that goes on in the world and it's a conflict of where the world is going and where God's calling us. Yes. Yes. And I want you to feel okay about that. So people that are being prepared prophetically, they often have challenges along the way. You know, uh, my spirit wants to set people free, but my personality, I want to be liked by everyone. But sometimes to set people free, you've got to give them a hard truth or a soft truth, and even a soft truth they don't like these days. 
Am I relating? Or am I conflicting you? (laughs) There's a lot of people in the world with conflict all over the world right now. This is a phenomenon that is happening. People are conflicted. It's incredible when you talk to different people in different nations. Don't think if you're going through a little bit of a challenge, now maybe you're not, I'm not trying to say everybody is, but everywhere there's difficulty and challenges. So your conflict can come through following God to the letter, but if you don't follow him, you'll experience a different sort of conflict. For instance, the calls to Lifeline during the last lockdown were three times the normal rate. Suicide is up. Mental health issues are up. This is what it's like in the world. There's a conflict. And I believe this comes back to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that talks about where the word says, once more I'll shake the heavens and the earth. We're in a global shaking. And God doesn't want to harm anyone. He wants whatever is not of him in our lives to be removed. And that is the context of that verse. So there's a lot of people with conflict. But God is raising up the church to be the answer in the generation. I just want to help you understand that when things don't, you know, like you, 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 know, you hear Christian, how could anything possibly go wrong? That's like the zone she's in. But it's not like that for everyone. I want to give you some advice this morning. Good advice that'll help you go through difficult and challenging seasons. So it's advice. Number one, maintain your trust of God. Trust God. Proverbs 3 5. Trust in the Lord. Where are your kids? Trust in the Lord. Do your kids know that one? Are we done that one yet? We're going to have to do that one next week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So so it's coming to this place of trust. I was just thinking this morning when I was just writing down these notes, I remember two pastors, uh, one of them giving a story, but they were both pilots. And this must have been, you know, 30 years ago where these guys left Sydney in a small plane and they they were travelling back to to, uh, the airport in Latrobe Valley And during the trip, they got caught in a really rough uh, uh, electrical storm. And I remember the fear that these two guys talked about. One of them, who is a pastor, he took on from Pastor Ray McMartin, and he's quite a man's man. He said, I was howling my eyes out because I thought I was going to die. And his pilot kept saying... The golden rule, keep your eyes on the instruments, not on the circumstances. And these guys talked about how they went through this, so like a, you know, a cork in a bathtub, 
until they got to Latrobe Valley and they finally saw the lights of the airport. Sometimes life is like that. But you've got to trust what God's put in you. Trust God that he's going to bring you through. God is going to bring you through. God is going to bring us through. Anyone who trusts in the Lord, God's going to bring them through to a better place. I'm talking to you this morning. It's going to be okay. Sometimes when you hear that go, but I'm in a storm. I'm lost. I'm going to crash. No. God's just allowing a little bit of uh, stuff to go on because he's bringing you to a better place. Number two, keep your heart and mind stayed. Set on him. The scripture says, he who has set his heart on God will have perfect peace. Come back and set your heart on God. Connect, this is a connection that is relative to the season. During this time, we need to make sure that our connections are strong. Connecting to God and connecting to those that can help us. Because, you know, sometimes when you're going through a storm, some people, you just don't want to talk to them. I remember when I went through burnout. I went through burnout big time 20 years ago. And some people I would really, you know, be happy to talk to, but I did not want people who had some spiritual answer for me that was going to solve everything. I had to just come through the storm until I could see the lights. In fact, my area chairman at the time, I said, Lynn, please tell him I'm not home. Because I, he was so strong and so had the answer. I can be like that. I've got the answer for everyone. Just ask me, I'll tell you. Don't even ask me, I'll tell you. Sometimes it's not what we need. I know what your answer is. Maybe not. The right answer at the wrong time is not going to help anyone. And this is where we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what's going on in others. Stay connected to those who genuinely are covenant relationship. Connections are vital. And be wise in our care. Spiritful people often need to learn the art of saying nothing. <laughs> the art of silence. The art of listening. The art of hearing. The art of discerning the heart. Number four, do what you need to do to sustain yourself. During, the, during seasons of stress... You need to do what you need to do to sustain yourself. I remember when I went through that burnout because Pastor Graham just came over and I remember uh, it's great having a brother in town when you're like that. And he said, uh, he said, look, Brian's got burnout. He might be out for quite a while. He said, just let him be out. Sometimes people have got to do what they need to do. And I picture it like climbing a mountain, which can be, I would imagine, treacherous, and you find a safe place on the side of the mountain and you just wait there until you're ready to go higher. 
So there is times when you need to do what you need to do. But during that time, you tell other key people what you are doing so that you're not becoming disconnected. Do what you need to do. Sometimes you need a break, a holiday, time out, time out on the mountain with God. It's all right. You don't need Job's counsellors. You need the right kind of people that are able to build into your life. You know, this, this thing about um, having the answer for people, it's good to have the answer for other people, and, you know, quite often I do. But I remember when I went for my chaplaincy interview, I had to do a role play, and it was really challenging because, you know, a student came to me with a problem and I had to fix the problem, and it wasn't easy. And then after the interview, they said, why did you feel that you've got to fix that? We don't have to fix everything. We don't have to fix everything. Because everything is not going to be fixed this weekend. Or next weekend. But we're on a pathway to restoration. It's a pathway. You think of Daniel. He was up. He was down. He was betrayed. He was, uh, you know, legislated against. But he kept coming up. And so will you. You will. Number five, let the season pass. There are seasons in God. I learnt this. Won't be long, but it's a good story. When I was in burnout, I honestly felt so spiritually dead on the inside. And our church used to be over in the building opposite Bunnings. You know, for me... Praying was hard work. It was just like it was all gone. I normally am into it, you know. Bang, leading the charge. I couldn't. And I remember going down to that church every day. It was the middle of winter and it was cold and it was dark and it was raining. And I looked out the window and I saw this tree in the car park and that tree looked dead. Dead as a dodo. No colour, no leaves. And the Lord spoke and said, watch this tree. This tree is you. And I came back every day and I'd go down there and I'd watch that tree. I'd watch that tree. And then one day there was some green little shoots began to come on that tree. And it was like I started to get healed as that tree began to bring forth its color and its new season. You know, we're in the seasons of God. Hey, I want to reaffirm you. There's nothing wrong. You have challenges. You haven't missed it. You're not going to miss it. If you stay connected to the truth, you keep just moving forward. You do what you've got to do. Do what you've got to do. Sometimes you've got to let some things go so that you can enter a new season. You have. This is what happened to you. You've got to let some things go because some things in life attach themselves to us and you can't enter into a new season unless you allow that to go to the back burner. I'm really praying for a new season for you, every member of this church, every person. 
I, I uh, don't ever think we'll have a church without people. Seen that funny little meme where it says, uh, you can have church with uh, eight people without issues. This was during COVID. And the pastor says, I don't even know eight people without issues. <laughs> you know, it's impossible. But what I want to say is that God is going to bring you to a better space, a better place, a higher place on his mountain. And, you know, it's amazing with Daniel and the likes of Joseph who are locked away in prison and God begins to elevate them from there. Amazing, really. The last point this morning, wait for the Lord. Wait for him. Sometimes it's good just to wait. Now, there's an act of waiting. And I, I, I'm an active person. I like to be active in my waiting. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. This is a real truth in this. Waiting is an active thing. But there's a rest in it. There's a rest in it. So this morning is a good time. God's going to raise the church up. God's going to move through the church and in the church. This church is no ordinary church. In fact, none of them should be. This church is called to be an extraordinary church. This church is not called to be a usual church. It's called to be the church unusual. And God has called you here to play such an important part in this. Every one of you that God's called here. And I thank God for you. One of the most important things in the future are the people around us. Because we are not called to go on this alone. Aussies are independent, they're fiercely independent, they like to live their own life, but God is bringing us together and making us like a one-man company in the centre of the city. God's doing something. Can I pray for you? And it'd be great to have uh, the band up, the worship team. And Archie survived that. It was a reasonably reasonable finish. <laughs> I had a snack. Got to be able to bring a snack to church. So are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? I know what Aussies are like. I know what I'm like. I'm a, a professional positive person. But sometimes you've got to find people who you can really uh, just say it how it is. And it's okay. I hope that's okay, but I think people need the advice. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this morning. I thank you for every person that's here today.
I pray that you would strengthen the connection with you and with one another in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you would accelerate healing and restoration in different lives. You know, one of the things uh, with uh, one of the prophetic words this year was that about it was a real year of acceleration of events. But the second part of that prophetic word was that it would be uh, a time to break through hindrances. And I believe this, that it's, uh, it's, it's almost like something that God's going to do. It's not like you've got to do it. thing about an eagle while it's waiting on the Lord and it just sort of takes a step off the cliff and there's no exertion in the wings it just catches the wind and I'm just praying that you know over your life and over our church there's like a fresh wind it's been a massive amount of work that's gone on in this building over the last couple of years and uh, you know I know some would be tired and finding their way back but I pray that you'd catch that fresh breeze this morning. Amen.